0: All right, welcome back to the Becoming Your Best podcast. This is your host, Rob Schallenberger, and thank you for joining. I'm so excited that you made the decision to tune in because this is gonna be an important podcast for all of us. You know, we're gonna focus on spicing up our relationships and while that certainly applies to friends, coworkers, children, there's gonna be a heavy emphasis on a relationship with our partner or our spouse. Now, if you're not married right now, that's okay. Keep listening. This will still apply to you. You're just going to hear, you know, a definite focus on the marital type relationship. Now, as we get going in this podcast, it's going to be critical for so many of us because, you know, our relationships are the number one predictor of longevity. And none of us want to go through life arguing, bickering, or just making it through the day or a relationship. You know, we all want to feel fulfilled, have a high quality relationship where we're excited to see that person and be together with them. And a wise person said several years ago, no success in business can compensate for failure in the home. Think about that. In other words, if you're gonna have a healthy, successful relationship, that is intentional. That is leading a life by design rather than living a life by default. Now, of course, I'm not saying that work isn't important. It is, it's critical. What I am saying, however, is that being too busy with work is no excuse not to nurture our most important relationships. I mean, think about it, a relationship with your spouse or son or daughter. The reason I say it's more important than work is because work won't be there when we're 90 years old laying in bed. You know, hopefully our spouse, our son or daughter, or close friends will be. And so I acknowledge that work is important. What I am saying, though, is that our relationships are some of the most important things that we have in our lives. And oftentimes we flip that equation. And so what we're going to focus on during this podcast are 10 tips to spice up our relationships, to really bring that fire into them. And again, there will be a focus primarily on a marital type relationship. However, again, this could still apply to, you know, children, coworkers, and friends. Some of these tips, some of them, maybe not. And you'll know, you know, which ones I'm talking about when I get to those. As I go through these 10 tips, I invite you to treat these like a salad bar. And what I mean by that is maybe there's one or two that really resonate with you. Great. You know, grab onto those particular tips. If the others don't resonate, great. You know, just let them pass by and say, thanks for the tip, Rob. If you have or hear one that really does resonate with you, though, I invite you to write it down to make that an area of focus and see what impact that might have on your relationship. Now, let's talk. You know, about laying the foundation here first before we get into these tips. And I like to use gardening as an example. Uh, Right now, you know, as we're recording this podcast, you may listen to it years down the road. So, you know, when what you need to know is I'm recording this in mid June, which means that we're in the middle of growing our garden right now. And I love gardening, it's just fun to go out there and see these plants grow and see the progress. Well, let's take tomatoes as an example. You know, I love tomatoes. And so we go out there, we have a drip system for our tomatoes. We have our girls involved in the garden. They go out there, they clean up the weeds. So they have the sunlight, they have water. We're keeping the weeds out. We fertilize them. And it's funny because I'll check on my garden two or three times a day. And between the evening and the morning, I don't notice any difference at all. You know, the tomatoes look exactly the same. So there's times I'll be standing next to that plant saying, come on, baby, grow, you can do this. Let's go. And it's pretty funny, actually. But the point is that it takes time and effort and patience. In other words, I can cheer on those tomatoes as much as I want to. We can water them and fertilize them as much as we want to, but it simply takes time and patience. The key is that we put in the effort. We're not going to reap the harvest of the fruit and the vegetables if we don't put in the effort and if we're not patient. Can you see the analogy that we're drawing to a relationship here? There's a lot of similarities to gardening. In other words, yes. We've got to do our part to put in the effort. And then when we do, it takes time. You know, to really build a high trust relationship, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time, it takes effort, and it takes patience. Now, again, why does this matter so much to us? Well, because relationships that are strong and where both partners would rate the relationship as being very satisfied, 86% of emotional calls are being met. And I'll explain what that means here in just a minute. In relationships where the partners would say they're dissatisfied, only 33% of emotional calls are being met. And that includes obviously most divorces. And those statistics came from the lasting app, which I'll bring up here in just a few minutes. So let's talk about what emotional calls actually are. And then we'll get into the 10 tips, but this is important for laying the foundation. So emotional calls are these things that are important to you. And that may be different for you versus your spouse versus someone else. We all have these different love languages. If you haven't read the book, you know, the five love languages, it's a great book. Maybe you're a person that loves to serve others and you love when people serve you. Maybe you're a person that loves affirmations. In other words, it's just the compliments. Little compliments go a long way. You know, or maybe you're a person that loves physical touch, intimacy. Maybe that's your emotional call. And the whole idea is that when we're meeting each other's emotional calls, we can bounce back from disagreements faster. It's easier to navigate challenges together, and there's a strong connection and bond to each other. It doesn't mean that there's not disagreements. It doesn't mean that there's not challenges. It just means that we're in, when we're in that category where you know, we're meeting 86% of each other's emotional calls, the relationship is simply a lot better, and it's a lot easier to navigate those challenges when they show up. And so using the gardening example as a foundation, that it takes time, effort, and patience and using emotional calls as part of this foundation that these 10 tips are really about, you know, identifying what's important to you and your partner so that we can meet those calls and do what matters most. All right. So let's get into these 10 tips. Use this like a self-evaluation. Remember, I said it's like a salad bar. Choose the one or two that are important to you. And if there's one that you say, oh, that's just doesn't apply to us, then great. Move on to the next one. All right. So number one should come as no surprise. <laughs> to any of our listeners, and that is pre-week planning. And what I mean by pre-week planning is individually going through your week and doing pre-week planning as outline and do what matters most. And then coming together as a family on, say, Sunday evening or Saturday evening, you know, whenever it makes sense for your family. And we call that a family council. And what you're doing is going through your week to align your week around what matters most. So imagine... Your spouse has done her or his pre-week planning and you have done yours. You've already gone through your week individually to prioritize what matters most to you in your respective roles. And then you come together to align your weeks around what matters most. So if you wanna have a date night, well, great. Now you're aligning your calendars to actually make that happen. And I'll just give the 30 second overview for those that may not have heard of pre-week planning before. If you haven't read Do What Matters Most, it's in the latter chapters of, of the book, chapters seven and eight. And the whole foundation of pre planning is built on four steps. Number one, it's sitting down on the weekend at some point to review your vision and your goals. In other words, you've already gone through the process of identifying what matters most in your vision and your goals. pre planning then is about when are you going to do some of those things? It's the doing, if you will. Step number two is to say, well, what are your roles? Identify your roles spouse manager personal or self parent brother son sister daughter friend philanthropist caretaker you get it you know what are the 5 to 7 roles that are most important to you step 3 what matters most in each role and step 4 when will you do it and i know that a lot of you listening to this are using our byb planner you also have the digital planner as an option that can set this up within outlook and google if you want to look at those deeper you can go to dowhatmattersmostplanner.com and look at a physical or a digital planner. So that hands down is going to be my number one. A couple that does pre planning is going to be far more likely to spend quality time together and meet each other's emotional calls. Because my experience has been that rarely do these things happen on accident. It's intentional. It's leading that life by design. And pre planning is the engine that drives that. All right. That's number one. Number two, is an app that I'm going to promote that I get nothing from. I'm promoting it because I've used it and it's had a huge impact in our own marriage. And that is the lasting app. So it's available on Android. It's available on Apple. It's a great app. I mean, they have all kinds of resources on there that can help strengthen a relationship. You'll be totally dialed into each other's emotional calls after going through this app. And so the idea behind this is that there's a Daily reminder. It takes like 30 seconds to go through the daily reminder. You and your spouse both have the app. So when one fills it out, the other person gets a little ring and they can see what person A and person B wrote. So it's awesome to have that. And then there are these courses, and you can choose from all kinds of courses from parenting to trust, from intimacy to quality time together. There's just all kinds of modules, if you want to call it that, you can go through. And again, when one person fills it out, For that day, the other person gets to complete theirs and then compare answers. And that gives you a foundation to really have some important discussions that otherwise just rarely happen on their own. And so I'd invite you to look at the Lasting app, try it, see if it's something that works for you and what impact it might have on your relationship. All right. Now, number three, daily rituals are important. This one I actually got from the Lasting app. In other words, what is your morning ritual? Morning departure ritual. How about when you get home from work or before bed? Do you have rituals? You know, they could include such things as praying as a family, eating meals together, whether it be dinner or breakfast, whatever it might be, reading together, reading a book, family council on Sunday evening. These are examples of rituals. Another one that I've heard of before is before the husband or wife leaves in the morning, they give each other a kiss. You hug each son or daughter. These are little examples of rituals, and the more enriching rituals we can develop, the healthier the relationship will be. So, I'd invite you to consider what your daily rituals look like. Do you have any? If so, what are they? And is there any tweaks that you can make to those that would enhance your relationship? All right, number four is simple. (laughs) Simple, I'm not sure how easy. It depends on how you're feeling with each other at the time. And that is a six second daily kiss. In other words, now, You know, I mentioned earlier on that these 10 tips can apply to everyone. This is one that obviously applies only to your spouse or partner. (laughs) When I say six second daily kiss, wouldn't you agree that it's hard to kiss someone for six seconds if you're upset with them? And the lips are a powerful part of the body that release a chemical endorphin into the bloodstream. And that's what happens when we kiss someone, you know, it's why it's such a powerful emotion. And so this is, again, something that very rarely in most relationships just happens, you know, happenstance by accident. It's really something that if you make it part of your routine or ritual or part of pre planning if it's not already a part of your habits, this is small as it is. As short as six seconds may sound, it really can set a tone for the day. It can really bring a couple closer together. And so there's huge power in that six second intimate daily kiss. All right, number five. Now, this is going to be from my own perspective right here, and that is prayer in the evening. As a family, we rotate, and whoever says the prayer also gets the spotlight. And I found that speaking for me and for a lot of other people I know, involving God in our relationships is probably the most important thing we can do. We pray together. We read the scriptures together as a family. And while I list this as number five, the reality is it should be number one. Because think about all the things that come when we do this. Again, it's hard to be angry when you're praying right next to someone. You know, when you're expressing to God your gratitude for that person. Forgiveness comes easier. It's easier to maintain a longer-term focus. And it's easier to shift away from self into who's kneeling next to us. Who are they? And what is our role in that? And that's just there's just power in prayer and reading the scriptures and these biblical principles of kindness of love, of forgiveness, of humility. And so I found that in our relationship involving God is a really key part of the relationship. We pray together, we study together, and we talk about it together. And I did mention the spotlight. I'll highlight that one for just a second. You know, if you have a family dynamic, I invite you to consider doing this where you pray together and then spotlight the person who said the prayer. And that's where you quickly go around the room and each person just take a few seconds to talk about one thing they love or appreciate about that person. That's the power of a spotlight. And it really sets a good mood for the family. Again, it's hard to stay angry when you're doing these kinds of things together. All right. So let's catch up on where we're at. Number one, pre week planning. Number two, lasting app. Number three, think about your daily rituals. Number four, six second daily kiss. Number five, pray together as a couple or as a family and then spotlight each other, whoever said the prayer after you're done. Number six, this should also come as no surprise, and that is to identify what your vision is as a parent, spouse, brother slash sister, son or daughter, you know, whatever those roles are, what is your vision in that respective role? And instead of focusing on the problem, when those problems arise, stay focused on that vision because the vision is filled with positive energy and solutions, whereas The problem is surrounded by negative energy and very few solutions. And so if you haven't already gone through this process, again, I'll refer you to the book, do what matters most chapters three and four in the book are all designed to help a person or empower a person to develop their vision by role. And when I say develop a vision, it really does become something that's meaningful and gives you direction. It becomes your internal compass or true north on who you're becoming as a spouse As a partner, a brother, a sister, et cetera. And so if you haven't gone through that process, I invite you to do so. If you have, I invite you to memorize the vision that you came up with in that role. And once you internalize it, it really becomes a part of who we are. And so that's number six is to develop a vision by role and then focus on that vision rather than the problem. All right. These next ones actually go pretty quick. Number seven, control what you can control. That means ourselves. (laughs) We can influence, we can suggest. One of the things that we're working on in our relationship right now is using words like, I feel that, and then what are your thoughts on? Let me give you an example. You know, I've been thinking about fill in the blank and I'd love to get your thoughts on that. So instead of just telling the person what to do, there's an inviting conversation that we can have here. And that again, goes back to emotional calls. You know, how does your partner like to be communicated with? Very few of us like to be told what to do. And so think about controlling what you can control and not controlling others, but instead inviting, using words that are not like shooting an arrow at the person, if you will. So for example, we wouldn't say to someone, you always forget to take out the garbage or you always do this. You're always doing that. Those kind of things create a defensive posture or emotion in a person. And so we want to invite conversation in a positive way with our partner. All right, number eight is to do a continue start stop with your spouse or partner or even children for that matter. You're asking your partner in a very open way, what should I continue doing? What should I start doing that I'm not doing? And what should I stop doing? And then when they give you feedback, don't get defensive, but welcome it. Oh, man, thank you so much. You know, I didn't even see that. And they will help us see some of our blind spots that we're not aware of. They're going to help point out probably where some of their emotional calls are not being met. And once we're aware of those, then we can actually focus on those. And so that's number eight is to do a continue start, stop with your partner or children. Number nine is find a hobby or something you can do together that's fun. You know, oftentimes once kids get put into the equation, the conversations are always around the kids, work, et cetera. And one of the reasons why people fall in love is because they spend quality time together. And so not that those conversations aren't important, right? They are. What I'm saying in number nine is find something that can bring that spice and fun back into the marriage. Maybe that's riding bikes together, hiking, playing pickleball, fishing together, whatever it is and whatever you have time for, you've got to make time for each other. You know, if we're going to show up as a parent, if we're going to show up in our work roles and do well, then we need to have things dialed in, in our husband and wife relationships in our partner relationships. And so you've got to find something that really brings that spice, the fire, the fun Back into that relationship. And I realized I've been there with four kids. It's not easy to do this when you have young kids at home. It really takes work and effort. Hence, why pre week planning is number one. If we're not making time, then the odds are it's probably not going to happen. And that's why pre week planning and number nine are so closely tied together. And then number 10, relatively simple, and that is find ways every day to compliment your spouse or your partner. In other words, It could be one, two, three nice compliments throughout the day. These literally take five to six seconds to share. It doesn't take long. Just like we've talked about this entire time, though, it is very intentional. Rarely do we walk in and just say those kind of things because we're in the busyness and the craziness of life. And so I invite you to consider being intentional and sharing two or three compliments a day with your spouse or with your partner and see what impact that has on the relationship. So let's go through a very brief, quick review of these 10 and again, treat it like a salad bar. What's one or two that you could focus on this week and really permanently for that matter? Number one, pre-week planning individually, then come together as a family, have family counsel and go through your week to align around what matters most. Pre-week planning individually is key though. You can't just do this as a family and expect awesome results. Both people individually, then come together. Number two, lasting app. Number three, daily rituals. You know, finding or creating those rituals that enhance a relationship. Number four is that six second daily kiss. That's a fun one. <laughs> Number five is pray together, study the scriptures together, spotlight or consider spotlighting the person who said the prayer when they're done. It just changes the tenor and tone of a relationship when you involve God in that relationship. Number six, come up with your vision in that role of spouse or partner. And when you're tempted to focus on the problem instead, Shift to the vision and stay focused on the vision. Seven, control what you can control. Use inviting conversations or words without demanding or without criticizing our partner because they're not doing exactly what we may want. Number eight, do a continue start stop. What should we continue doing, start doing, and stop doing? Number nine, find a hobby or something that you can do together to bring that spice and the fun. Back into the marriage, maybe it's something you did when you were dating early on, or it's a new hobby or a new sport or whatever it is that, you know, you enjoy doing together. And the number 10 is to compliment your spouse or partner two or three times a day, no matter what, you know, maybe things aren't the best at the exact moment. That's okay. Go back to you and compliment them. It really takes emotional resilience and a high emotional quotient to do that, even when you may not be feeling at your best. So I hope these 10 tips were helpful. Remember that these are designed to strengthen our relationships or spice them up from where they are today. And again, like a garden, we may be doing some of these and it's not going to change it overnight. It may take weeks or months, but eventually we're going to reap the harvest of the fruit and the vegetables. And it's amazing when that happens. All of us want to be connected to someone in a great relationship. And these are just a few ways, obviously not all inclusive, that can spice up our relationships. So thank you so much for joining today. I hope this has been beneficial and I wish you a wonderful day and a great rest of the week wherever you're at in the world. Thank you for listening to the Becoming Your Best podcast. If there was something in this podcast that you felt would be helpful for a family member, a friend, or even a coworker, we invite you to share this podcast with them now while you're thinking about it. Also, remember to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Now, for additional resources and tools, such as how to join our monthly peak performance coaching program or how to get certified as a trainer or coach or schedule a workshop or keynote, you can visit our website at becomingyourbest.com. We're here to provide you and your team with the resources, tools and content to achieve your greatest potential. So thank you for listening and have a wonderful day and a great week.